Thanks for listening to FYI Stillwater, where you hear information about your local government you didn't know you need to know. Be sure to check out other news and information from the city of Stillwater at stillwater.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter. Hi, I am your host, Assistant City Manager Paula Dennison. Today, my co-host is multimedia technician Tommy Marshall. How are you, Tommy? I'm doing good today, Paula. How good. are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for hosting. That's so, awesome. you know, we're right after spring break, and it's in the springtime of the year. Storms. We're going to have them, aren't we? Oh, my God. We've already had several of them. Yeah, we have. And not ice storms or snowstorms. Just rainstorms. Rainstorms. Thunderstorms. Tornadoes. Bouncing around. Bouncing yeah. tornadoes. Okay, I won't say tornadoes. <laughs> so we just had um, recently budget discussion, and mm-hmm. it's that time of the year. Um, I would encourage every citizen of Stillwater to read up on the city's budget. And Especially we produce, this year. Yeah, we produce a number of documents that really help explain the city's budget and transfers of money from one fund to another. Municipal accounting is something I'm not good at. That's why we have those that love what they do. Yeah. So, and their documents are very insightful for people who don't understand budget stuff. Right, yeah. So. And there's a lot to it. Okay, well, let's get started. Today, our guest is John McClenney. He is the Special Projects Director for the City of Stillwater. And this is his first time of being Ooh, a guest, I do believe. It is. Well, so, welcome. This is a new experience for me. Yeah, well, we're <laughs> glad to have you here. So um, we first have some basic facts. Tommy, do you want to tell us about the basic facts? All right. So John grew up in a military career household, and he eventually came to Oklahoma State and stayed, and we are very thankful for that. And when he started with the city, that was in June of 1989, and he's quickly approaching 32 years with Yes, the city. 32 years. Wow, a lot of longevity. I expected that I would graduate and leave, and I didn't. And then I expected I would probably work for the city for maybe four or five years and then go somewhere else. And Stillwater just grabs hold of you and keeps you. So. <laughs> and it yeah, has you. It yeah. says here you moved up from Parks and Rec Director into the city manager suite and now you're the special projects director right correct all right i actually started in parks and recreation mowing grass so while i was still in school going on 32 years ago going on 32 years actually more than 32 years ago because at the time i was working part-time oh Um, so that doesn't count does it no i started as park planner in 1989 so so it's not just been 32 years mowing grass no that's a lot of grass although i do i do enjoy mowing grass that's my happy place whenever i can be on a mower mowing grass i'm just as happy as can be Well, we have um, some lightning round questions, and these are random yet revealing questions. Okay. So, Tommy is going to ask you the questions, and I always have to throw one in that you do not anticipate, so she'll get to that one, too. All right. Yeah. All right. So, we've got three questions today. Number one, if you were a wrestler, what would your entrance theme song be, and why? Well, 
I, I thought about this not necessarily in terms of it being a perfect entrance theme song, but in terms of something that I like. And the song is My Hero by Foo Fighters. Oh. And I chose that because I think it would make a pretty good wrestling entrance theme song. But the main reason is, is that it's about the extraordinary abilities of ordinary people. And I think that's important that we always, uh, you know, we look to movie stars and sports heroes and things like that, but we're surrounded by heroes every day. And we depend on those ordinary people to do these things for us, and so do those people who we all idolize. So I think that that's important. And I, I told Paula earlier that if I was to get into more detail, I would start talking about my dad, and I don't want to get emotional on this, so... But he is definitely qualifies as an ordinary hero. There you go. I How love you that. How that out? It's hard, isn't it? Uh-huh. <laughs> that was an awesome first answer. Yep. Well, next we have, if you have your own late night talk show, who would you invite as your first guest? That one was so easy. It would be William Shatner in a heartbeat. <laughs> Captain Kirk... <laughs> has been my hero since I was four years old. I mean, and, and just the, the guy himself, he's been involved in so many things. He's just a very diverse person. He's been an actor. He's been in several different TV shows other than just Star Trek. He writes books. He is an expert horseman, so he rides horses. He has his own horse farm. I mean, he's just an amazing guy. And I would absolutely love to spend some time interviewing him. See, I knew he was in Star Trek, but I didn't know he was such a jack-of-all-trades. Oh, yeah, he's, he's into a lot of different things. He's been a very diverse individual, and he turned 90 on Monday. Wow. Yeah, hard to believe Captain Kirk is 90. Yes, it is. Well, our final question and our surprise question. What famous person have you dressed as for Halloween? Oh, man. <laughs> Well, let's see. I dressed as unfrozen caveman lawyer once. Is that Does that count? No. That's a Saturday Night Live character. <laughs> yes. Keep going. A famous person that I've dressed as for Halloween. So you haven't dressed as William Shatner? No. Really? No. I, I can't really think of a famous person that I've dressed as. Okay, so I'll tell Halloween. it. He D. Snyder, as maybe? D. Snyder. Yeah, That's there you it. go. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about D. Yeah, I dressed as D. Snyder, the lead singer for Twisted Sister. So that was definitely probably the only famous person I've dressed as. That's funny. So why? I've always wanted to ask why. Why? Because I just uh, thought that I needed to find some kind of a creative character. I like him. I like his music. I'm into heavy metal. I thought, why not D. Snyder? So. <laughs> uh, I think you go. I've got Twisted Sister on playing on my computer. Even okay. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, let's get started on the interview then. We've okay. learned a little bit about you. So now we're going to go to the interview itself. And tell us about your career path, how you started out mowing grass for the city of Stillwater, and now you're in the city manager's office as a special projects director. Well, I was in school for landscape architecture, and one of the things that I always wanted to do was work outside and so I would and I would always find jobs on purpose that had me working with my hands outside I worked at a plant nursery obviously I worked mowing grass for parks and recreation I worked in construction for a while um, 
And one of the things that I felt like that would do for me, you know, landscape architecture is about the theory of design and being creative and all that, but I also wanted experience in what it meant to take care of the stuff that I was designing, because a lot of times you can design things that are impossible to maintain, and so I thought that having that would be a much more well-rounded experience. Um, so I, I actually got a job mowing grass while I was still in school at Parks and Rec. That was the, kind of the last, uh, the last of the hands-on jobs because I was about to graduate. I wound up uh, working for uh, kind of an internship for John Bean, who was the park planner at the time. After, uh, after mowing, I was still in school for that last year and I worked for him and then he decided to go on to bigger and better things and his job opened up and I applied for it and I got it. Um, and so I did that for a few years and then I was a park operations manager, became kind of a specialist in uh, purchasing and procurement, uh, following you know city and state statutes and guidelines and things like that. And after doing that for a few years, uh, the Parks and Recreation Director position opened up, and so I decided I would apply for that, and I got that. Did that for a couple of years, and then the city manager at the time wanted to reorganize kind of how things worked and asked me to come over to City Hall, and I have been here since in uh, various different positions, I guess. And so Special Projects is the position that I'm in now. And I'm assuming we're going to get to defining that shortly. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> well, I thought about, okay, how do I explain what it is that I do? And there are so many diverse things that are involved in what I do. And a lot of times I tell people, well, I do the things that don't fit anywhere else. And there are, there are some. You know, we have all of our departments who are kind of set up to do their specific thing. And a lot of things come along in the city that don't fit just one place or don't fit anywhere else. So I thought the easiest thing to do was just to go back, because it's hard to remember all of these various things, but to go back over my calendar for the last two months and just write down some of the stuff. <laughs> so I did. I made a list. I have in the last... Let, let, let me interrupt you. Everybody should see John's lists. Oh, yeah. You've got lists, lists for everything. Yes, yes. Uh, and I make, I make lists. That's how I remember what I'm doing. And uh -huh. I'm, I'm trying to convey that to my son as well, who needs some lists to help him get organized. Uh, so. You're fixing to graduate high school, son. Yes, yes, definitely. He, he definitely needs to make some lists. But I, in, in the last couple of months, uh, city's insurance policies, I kind of coordinate uh, those, getting those renewed, making sure that we've got everything we need. I've worked on uh, cellular service contracts. We have various uh, cell phone companies who have equipment on our water towers and in, in some of our substations, kind of coordinate those. Uh, I've worked on our grants program. We're trying to get more proactive in terms of how we go after grants. Rather than having the grants come to us, we're going to pursue them uh, actively. Uh, I've worked on our procurement policy, working with finance on that. Uh, I actually got certified as a certified procurement officer for that reason, so I'd kind of know more about, uh, you know, I've learned, I've learned through trial and error how to procure. I thought, well, maybe I should actually learn how to do it 
for real by getting an education. And now you have the paper to go along with it. I have the paper it. to go along okay, with it. Okay, that's good. I've been helping with our, uh, we're working on a parks master plan and I'm helping to review the responses to the request for qualifications that just came in. Uh, worked a little bit on some public parking issues and we'll be working on those even more. We have worked on our utility rates and that's been kind of an ongoing thing for the last couple of years. Um, help coordinate quarterly project reports that go to the city council so that they are up to speed on what kind of things are going on out there. Uh, actually work on our natural gas contract for various city buildings other than the energy center. That's, that's a completely different animal out there, but for City Hall and the Multi Arts Center and, and the Community Center, um, just making sure that we have the best possible price on natural gas, especially in the last couple of months, that's been a little more important. Mm -hmm. And then do some project management. So uh, several projects going on right now. Uh, advanced metering infrastructure is where we're, we're replacing all of our meters in electric and adding MTUs, which are meter transmission units, to our water meters. And then all of that goes to a DCU, which is the data collection unit, and that will allow the city to activate meters remotely. It'll allow customers to have a lot more information about their bill and to they see... They can log in They real can log time in in see. real time and see mm -hmm. what's going on. It will allow the city to have a much more pinpoint uh, view of what where we have power outages and things like that. So it's, uh, it's actually something that has been done all over the place. Uh, Stillwater's maybe about a decade behind, but we're, we're getting caught up, and so hopefully that will be going out pretty soon. Uh, about to start working on an, something called an investment-grade energy audit for some of our city facilities, and that will help tell us where we can maybe do some retrofits on lighting and air conditioning and things like that so that we can save energy. The Strickland Park Playground Phase 2 is underway and I'm involved in coordinating the work that's going on out there to get the new playground equipment and turf, getting the restroom and shelter upgraded, um, just getting that ready and that, that's going to be a, a very uh, multi-kid friendly kind of a playground where kids of all abilities, mm -hmm. all inclusive, it's going to help bring, bring all kids together and it's going to be a really neat thing when it's done and uh, looking forward to seeing that done and then just recently started working on getting bid specs together so that we can get some earthwork and sod and irrigation on part of block 34 to kind of get it uh, upgraded a little bit so that it's ready for what's going to happen out there in the future so there you go uh, that's that's <laughs> a lot of stuff and it definitely keeps you busy and like you said it's it really can't be assigned to any one specific department. Right. And so many of those things you listed, like the AMI, there's many Multiple. departments right. that are involved in the process. Right. And so it, one department couldn't do it all. It helps to have have coordination across the city and all these departments. And one, one example is that, especially with AMI, um, 
as we're waiting on mass deployment, we have our pilot project in place, and so the, the data collection units are already up and running. Some of the meters have been switched out. And uh, the electric department contacted me not too long ago and said, you know, we're getting ready to buy meters because we do that on a regular basis to replace meters that are worn out, broken, et cetera. Would it make sense for us to go ahead and buy the, um, the smart meters that are, that are ready to be tied into our system when we, when we do our mass deployment? And I was thinking, well, yeah, it kind of does because you don't really want to replace a meter and then turn right around and replace it again. Well, that kind of translated into something else that we have an issue with that had I not been involved in both sides of this, I wouldn't really have connected things. Um, and, and sometimes electric may not connect with what's going on with water. But it, with water, we have some existing radio transmitter units that were installed maybe, what, 10, 15 years ago? Mm-hmm. And they're called ERTS, and I don't know what ERTS stands for, but e -R -T it's something. S or Z? Uh, I don't uh, know if it's S or Z. I don't either. But anyway, it's a radio that transmits the meter data so that we don't have to go and read each meter. They can read them remotely. And those are beginning to fail because they're, they've they're reached old. their useful lifespan. Mm -hmm. And as we're waiting on mass deployment, as luck would have it, the ERTs are failing much faster than, than is conducive to our continued efficient operation. And so I talked with our, our water utilities director and our, uh, our utilities billing director, and we're looking at whether or not we could go ahead and replace some of those ERTs similar to what electric's doing by buying a few MTUs so that we have them on hand they're already capable of talking to the DCUs. We're already capable of reading the data. And so we can go ahead and start installing those as the ERTs fail, which will kind of give us a little bit of a stopgap in the next 90 days or so while we're waiting to begin the mass deployment. And the mass deployment's going to take up to 12 to 18 months. So mm -hmm. it will be nice to have a way to make sure that we're not, you know, hamstrung by the fact that the ERTs are failing. And that's where... I see being able to coordinate these things across departments as beneficial because I would not have known that this might be an option had it right. not been for electric asking about what what they should do. Right. So, so um, there. And let's let's those are so many important projects that most citizens don't have any idea of that the city is working on and making these changes and, you know, along those lines. Yeah. And right. I think that's a, a really important piece of what we're doing here today is not just letting the public get to know John and what you do, but also share a lot of the stuff that the city is doing. Yeah, I think it's really important. There are so many things that go into making the city run that no one ever knows about. And... Uh, there are things that I'm even surprised sometimes when when city manager brings something to me and we're going, oh, we don't really know who's supposed to handle this. Mm -hmm. So I do, <laughs> or, or I try to. And, and it's, it's fun because I have to, sometimes my learning curve is rather steep because I may not know anything about it. When, when, when I started AMI, I know how to manage projects because I've done that. Mm -hmm. 
but I had to educate myself about all the parts and pieces that go into making the advanced metering system work very quickly. And I have people on our team who are experts mm -hmm. who helped educate me. So I'm, I'm not going to be making decisions about things that, that I have no business making decisions about, but I know the basics of how the system works so that I can make sure we get it done. Yeah, yeah, good. So based on your time with the city and the different departments and things that you have been involved in and overseeing and helping manage, what are some of the top things or best things you've learned? Best things I've learned? Wow, that's hard to narrow down over 32 Almost 32 years. years. Well, I think one of the best things I've learned is having, having people, like I said, ordinary heroes every day that you can depend on. There's always going to be someone at the city who knows something about what it is you're trying to do. And, and it, it was like with the AMI. I, I contacted Lee Jackson in Electric because he knows this stuff mm -hmm. upside down, backwards, forward, and sideways. And I said, okay, Lee, you got to tell me how this works. But always having someone that you can contact to, to find out what you need to know, I would say, is a big one. Other things, just just the. I've always had the opportunity to do different things and learn new things, and the city is is into so many things. You know, we're we're one business basically, but we have a number of very diverse functions and branches. Subsidiaries, and, yeah, and, yeah. Uh -huh. and it's just been it's wonderful to get to do that. You know, I. My education's in landscape architecture, but I haven't done that in probably 20 years. But I've had the opportunity to learn so many things that I would not have learned had I just stayed in a straight uh, landscape architecture track. And I think that would be a huge highlight with the city of Stillwater. So we've been, we've been reading a book, 55 Ways to Put Disney into Your Organization mm -hmm. by Pete Blank. And um, you and I think agree that one of the best chapters in that book is don't just know your business, mm -hmm. but know the business of your whole organization. And I think that's important. You're doing it in your, in your role. I think it's important for anybody in any organization to know not just their widgets process, but everything that their business does. But I also think it's important for citizens to know about their community that they live in. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, as far as knowing, you just never know what someone in another department is going to be doing that might apply to something completely different. And it might solve a problem that you didn't know how you could solve. Mm -hmm. And so knowing... Knowing what's going on over here helps what's going on over there. And I think it's important for everybody to, to get to know the people who know these things because it helps a lot. Yeah, it does. So what else do you want to tell us today? Have we asked you enough? I think so. <laughs> you covered everything pretty well, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Well, thank you. We appreciate you Thanks. being here with us and fun. taking the time and having this conversation with us. I think it's very good and good for the folks who are going to tune in to watch. And now 
folks will recognize your voice, not just from television, but from this, too. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Good to have you. Thanks. Well, the city receives lots of questions from a variety of different places, including social media, emails, phone calls, you know, and the like. So we call it our mailbox. So we've got a question today that came in from Facebook, actually. What do I do about a fence that's sitting on a shared property line? Ooh, this is a great question. I've got one of these going on at my house. Oh, you do? Uh Uh-huh. Well, here's your answer. What's the answer for us? So, if it is common property that sits on the property line, it's best to get with your neighbor and to reach an agreement or a solution. If it's on private property, check with community development to see if you need a permit before you put a fence up. There could be easements or restrictions or something to be restrictive to so you ought to check first. I agree. Yes, place check if you want to build one. But you're right. This is a really good question about that fence being on a shared property line. And it being community property, who would know? Yeah. You know, who's responsible for development. Who's responsible for painting it or tearing it down if you if it needs to be repaired or what. So Good question. Thanks for sending that in. And Tommy, thank you for being my host today. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you with. This is your first time hosting. Mm-hmm. It was a great time. Yeah. Well, actually, this isn't my first time hosting. I hosted, co-hosted previously a couple episodes, but that was back before we were on video. Yeah, we're on video now. So this is my first time co-hosting on the video. So. Uh, okay, good. And we've got Landon to keep us right in line yep we have our video technician behind the scenes helping us with everything so great thanks to him Mm -hmm. yeah good thank you well thanks well stay tuned for our next podcast if you have a question for us email news at stillwater.org and on the next podcast we'll answer a few you can find fyi stillwater on youtube spotify apple and anywhere else you enjoy your podcasts